Hi, my name is Santito. This is Crypto Kid Podcast. I'm going to be talking to you guys about blockchain technology and cryptocurrency. Welcome to Crypto Kid Podcast. Thank you, Micah, for showing up and, and um, taking the time out of your day to hop on the show. So why don't you give a um, quick introduction of yourself and how you started your company? Yeah, so I've been practiced about 10 years now. Started the company largely because I was in corporate America work, working for a Fortune 500 company and hated every minute of every day. Realized I couldn't do that anymore. So started my firm in 2013. And like any entrepreneur, just started out just taking on any business that you could to survive. Mm-hmm. Once we got a little more established, we started working much more with either online businesses or really growth-centric companies largely just because I get bored really easily. So people who had stable positions, there's not, there's only but so much advice I can give. So people with rapidly changing companies, there, there's a lot more value we can provide. So we've been doing that for about a decade. And then a couple of years ago, got into crypto, mostly as an investor and a hobbyist and very quickly realized and trying to do planning for myself that there's next to no guidance out there and Mm -hmm. very very few cpas who seem to understand it so kind of ended up here on accident just because we were blockchain enthusiasts and needed to do tax planning and kind of just as we started doing it for ourselves and talking to people in discord groups realized there was a lot of need so that's kind of the the 30 second rundown of how we got here I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And I also forgot to mention that you wrote a couple of books that are available on Amazon. That's pretty exciting yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're self-published, but I've got two business. They're called the little big, small business books. It's volumes one and two, and that's just finance, tax, accounting advice. And then we also, again, with the lack of crypto guidance, we wrote another one last <clears throat> wrote another one last year called decrypting crypto taxes and we have it set that's those are all free on amazon the digital versions at least and every chapter is basically an faq that we got of how is staking income taxed how are nodes taxed do Mm -hmm. i have to pay tax on my play to earn rewards so that way just as a quick and easy resource for when people are trying to find a specific question largely because no one's going to just sit there and read that for fun. It's usually because they have a specific Mm -hmm. situation and problem that they're trying to answer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And those who are interested in reading the book, the links are in the description down below. Now, before I, as I remember when crypto first came out back in 2009, well, Bitcoin, it was, you couldn't, you were, um, you couldn't like, take taxes out on it. And that's what the big driver was like, oh, we can't get taxed on it. So might as well invest their money. And now the government has really been clamping down and Uncle Sam wants a piece of the pie. So exactly how how are cryptos taxed? Well, it, it depends a, a lot on the, the bucket of crypto activity that you're involved in because liquidity pools are going to be taxed then differently than coin for coin trades versus mining income. There's There's different subsets. But the, the bad part is that almost every transaction that you have with crypto, aside from buying it, generates some kind of taxable event. 
and even just even just buying it that that's enough for you to have the disclosure that's on the face of your tax return now where they ask if you bought disposed of held gifted any sort of digital asset so exactly how it's taxed and what bucket the income falls in is varies a little bit based on the type of activity but pretty much if you're receiving crypto income of any kind it's a pretty solid bet that that is taxable income to you which is very much different than sort of the way crypto started and the way that a lot of crypto bros will still try to to treat their their DeFi income okay okay now how do i track my crypto activity to be on the safe side so it, it depends again on exactly where you're where your active where where your assets are held and where the activity is taking place so if you're on coinbase or binance or some centralized exchange and you're just using that one exchange they're going to generate a report for you at the end of the year that's going to give you most of the information you need it's going to give you how much staking income you got if they're offering interest on your deposits it'll tell you that it'll tell you every transaction you have on trading of your cost basis, whether you held it for a year or not, your sale price, the exchange fees, they'll give you all of that. So you can just use this one simple report and you're pretty much covered. If you're using multiple exchanges and you're transferring a whole lot or you're doing everything on a true DeFi platform, you you don't have any of that. So what you're, it's it's unfortunate, but what you're pretty much forced to do is use one of these specialized software programs like Coinly, Coin Tracker, CoinTracking.info, Zen Ledger. There's like 20 of them. They all they all function more or less the same. But what those are going to do is they're going to either from your centralized exchange that most of them will have APIs that you can generate. It'll pull all that th those transactions in there. Or if you're doing it on DeFi, usually they'll just pull it from your public ledger address. And I'll pull all that activity in and then it's up to you, sort of like if you were using QuickBooks or a traditional accounting software, they'll say, okay, here's what we're seeing. Here's the the bank feed basically from, mm -hmm. from, from Etherscan, but we need you to tell us if this was a trade or a transfer or what it is. And once you do all that work, then it will generate a pretty clean report for you to then you use that on your tax return. So what if someone's just like a, a hodler or someone that likes a hold yeah. since like 2015, 14, and they haven't taken out any crypto money? Do they still have to report that all the way back to 14? You, well, you don't have any transactions for the year that you have to report. Okay. You still have to attest on the face of your 1040. Yes, I have crypto, but just buying or holding crypto doesn't generate taxable income. So those are the few people where where crypto actually ends up being easy from sort of a bookkeeping standpoint because there, there's not much to report. You're just buying and you're hodling and that's kind of it. And it doesn't really become relevant until you decide to sell. Okay. And then and then how are people going to be able to contact you and your company if they're if they're concerned about it? Like is there like an app or a website they could reach out to? Yeah, they could go to CryptoTaxCPA.com is our crypto site, and that's got a link to our book. It's got blog articles for all the new stuff that's coming and that, then a contact form. So it it will really depend. We always encourage people to re reach out, but 
a lot of times we'll find this in discord groups we're in or telegram groups where we largely work with people who are making six figures or more in crypto so for a lot of people if you're just kind of if you're a hobbyist or you're just getting started given our pricing there's no way to make that make sense there's no way to roi based on the fees that we've got but in those cases not not only do we hope that people will eventually grow to where our services will be worthwhile we can at least point you in the right direction of here's the rough here's roughly what you're running into and here's what here's sort of the baseline planning that we think you should do to to set yourself up for success all right the consultation oh my bad my bad no no you're good no no you're good um but and anyway long-winded way of being that if people reach out it doesn't always make sense to to work with us personally but i'm always we we do most of that through email when we're determining whether or not it's going to be a fit or not but i can at least link you to some articles and some resources even if it's hey i've got a couple grand worth of bitcoin that i'm trading i'm not sure what to do just because what we found as we've been doing this and this was especially the case after the big bull run we had in 2021 mm -hmm. and the market crashing in 2022 is people are coming to us six 12 months after all this stuff has been going on and had we just been able to have a very short conversation with them we could have they could have avoided some either some significant tax catastrophes because we had a lot of people who had realized income in 2021 of one two three million dollars but they didn't cash out and didn't do any planning so they just got hammered the other thing that we're running into is occasionally people will come to us for tax advice or finding that they got scammed mm. for hundreds of thousands of dollars and if we had just been there for the conversation a little bit earlier on then we could have said no you're that you don't have to worry about the taxable income because you're not getting income at all you're this is a this is a scam yeah people gotta watch out to being scammed it's happening all the time now are the consultations free just to reach no, out con consultations if we actually deem that it makes sense to hop on a call consultations are, are paid but if people on our contact form if people just want to reach out and say hey here's what i've got going on we can tell you pretty quickly whether or not it makes sense to to book the consultation what our fees would be um and if it doesn't we'll be like hey i don't think you're there yet i'm happy to hop on a call here's what it costs if you want to but i i swear for a lot of the conversations when we'll become friends with people and we'll just kind of be talking in, in these servers i'd say eight times out of ten i'm like hey you don't want to you don't want to pay us for this you're, you're just you're just not there yet but here's kind of the pitfalls i would avoid Here, here's just some pointers so that you don't you, you don't just get ham hammered because that that's given the lack of clarity in the space which is pretty insane how little clarity there is the irs has only issued guidance on like five different things as it relates to crypto they haven't issued guidance on nfts they haven't issued guidance on staking income they haven't is issued guidance on so much stuff what will happen is people are kind of just flying by the see their the see their pants and they're just kind of um they're making bad decisions because of that and i'm always happier to take five minutes in an email going back and forth with someone to give them a little bit of a baseline versus they 
they do something drastically wrong and then end up with not only a massive tax bill, but given the volatility in the space, they have a massive tax bill and they also sometimes don't even have the portfolio anymore to to pay the tax bill because they kept everything in, in their crypto portfolio and the token they were investing in went down 90% or something crazy. All right. I appreciate your transparency. And you're probably going to get pretty busy because they say that we're about to go in the next bull run. Bitcoin was up like 35%, I believe, last time I checked. Don't quote yeah. me on that, but that's just what I've been seeing online. Yeah. And um, I'm glad you brought up NFTs too. Because that leads to my next questions. Are NFTs taxed? Yeah, so NFTs, again, the IRS hasn't issued specific guidance on it. But I think NFTs are going to be one, one of the most heavily litigated spaces in, in crypto over the next decade or so. Just because the, very, the few other CPAs and tax professionals who are in this space the only thing people say is that NFTs are probably should be taxed as collectibles the same way you would baseball cards or something something like that. Something that doesn't really produce, it's not a, a utility asset, it's not pro producing income or something, but you're holding it for its rarity and hoping that it goes up in value. And for a lot of NFTs, especially like the, the V1 NFTs, like a CryptoPunk or something like that, a profile picture NFT isn't really providing any utility. It's not it's not creating anything. It's not creating value. You're just holding it because you're hoping that the price will go up. So for those kind of NFTs, them being taxed as collectibles when you sell them is, is probably pretty solid guidance. But NFTs can kind of be whatever whatever you want them to be. I'm in the example I'll give is I'm in a Discord server that's on on NFT trading and the way you get access to the server is by whole is by buying and holding an NFT and then they'll use um one of these ver verify bots to make sure that you hold the NFT in your wallet that's how you get access to the server but the membership is only for a year it expires at the end of 2023 so even though I'm buying like an N air quotes NFT and I'm buying again air quotes a an asset Really, I'm just buying a subscription. I'm buying a membership to something with a very finite life. So treating that as the same the same way as you would a, a bored ape or a crypto punk doesn't really make sense. So you've got that component. Then you've got utility NFTs that are, are either tokenized assets or that you're using in the metaverse or like play to earn games. Like mm -hmm. a, a game... And I'll always use the example of, let's say you're playing like a world of, uh, you're playing a play to earn crypto game and it's a world of Warcraft type ripoff. And in the game, you've got a building you can buy, like you run a tavern out of, you've got a sword that degrades over time. You've got a pickaxe that degrades over time. You've got a piece of digital art that you, that you hang in your house. You've got a piece of land that you can build on. Well, if those were the real world equivalents, all of those would be taxed very, very differently, right? Mm -hmm. The land is going to be taxed differently than you would the the axe. So I think what is going to happen is when the IRS does catch up and issue some guidance, 
they're probably going to issue some very conservative guidance that doesn't really allow you to fully expense and depreciate those assets quickly. They're going to try and make you spread it out over a really long, long amount of time. I think people and people are going to sue and say, yeah, I know that I bought it's an asset, but look at how I'm actually using it. Look at the look at the use case of how this is being utilized. And I, I think there's going to be a wide array of how people are trying to tax this. And I think it's I don't think it's going to get legislated. I think it's going to get battled in the courts more than anything else. Oh, all right. All right. I like it. I like it. Now. Does crypto qualify for 1031 exchanges? Unfortunately not. So when they passed ta the tax reform in 2017, that ta Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, this was right after the, the ICO, the initial coin offering craze that, that happened in 2017, where before that we basically had Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum, and that's when everyone started making their own tokens. And kind of similar to what we saw in 2021, 2022, you had a lot of people who made a ton of money and then the market crashed. So when they were doing tax reform at that same time, they realized people were going to want to take 1031 exchanges to defer the taxes that they were making on all this trading income. And the IRS said, or not even the IRS, this was Congress at that point, said very explicitly, 1031 exchanges are only for tangible assets. So only if you're, it's a building, a piece of equipment, something like that, not intangible assets like NFTs, crypto, copyright, um, you know, just IP type things, all, all of that, you're not allowed to do it. Okay. Okay. Now is paying with a crypto debit card or a crypto credit card taxable like say if i want to go to a store like for an example i was in miami about a month or two ago and the gas station was accepting bitcoin is and to pay my for my fuel is that taxable right now it is and that's one of the things that makes well i should say it is if you're doing it with a crypto debit card or actual crypto uh crypto credit cards are, are a little bit different but the way that it's treated right now is that for federal tax purposes, cryptocurrency is property. So when you're using your crypto debit card and swiping it and spending 0 0.001 Bitcoin to pay for, for your candy bar, that is you technically disposing of an asset to, to buy something else. So you're supposed to report that on your tax return as a capital gain or a capital loss. And that very easy pretty obviously creates some logistical nightmares that it, because it doesn't matter if you're just buying a cup of coffee every time you swipe that card that creates a new taxable event that you have to report there now crypto debit cards are a little bit different because with a, or a crypto credit cards because with a credit card you're not actually spending your crypto you're just accruing a liability which doesn't matter for the it only matters in tax and accounting world, but it's not you actually selling your asset. You're just taking on a loan every time you swipe that, and then at the end you're you're paying it off. But disposing of your crypto doesn't really come into play. the The crypto credit cards are pretty much just rewarding you with crypto instead of airline miles or points or cash back. But right now, at least, crypto debit cards every swipe is a new taxable transaction. 
th there's two things we mentioned on that. One is that there has been legislation that's been proposed where if I think it's the Virtual Currency Fairness Act or so something along those lines, where if your transaction is under $200, you're exempt from those rec reporting requirements and um, the tax on it. So for cases like what we talked about where you're going to Taco Bell or so and you spend 10 bucks, that makes it a lot easier and a lot less arduous to use your card. So hopefully some relief is coming. The other thing is that if you are using a crypto debit card, in the meantime, until that legislation gets passed, what we'll tell people to do is if you're holding any stable coins, mm -hmm. probably just load it up with your stable coins because even if you then have to report the transaction, it's going to be a wash because if you're swiping it for a dollar and then your cost basis is a dollar, you're not you're not going to have a gain or a loss that you have you really have to report on that. So it at least make, makes the bookkeeping aspect a lot easier. So save your seats, ladies and gentlemen. Save yeah. everything. <laughs> so how are you guys staying acclimated to the change with changing of regulations and new laws? I mean, we've had to, largely we've had to get new, some hefty subscriptions to the, to, to the changing landscape, because we found that if we were just trying to rely on sort of the, the accounting rags or just the, the news bulletins that we typically would, they're not crypto focused enough. So the news we would be getting would be days, weeks, months later than the, the court cases happened so that's been the, that's been the main thing that we've had to do aside from just being in in the space and trying to stay acclimated in what's happening within the general market itself that's been the main thing we've we've had to do is just pay quite a lot for these new subscriptions to we would have gotten the news eventually but trying to stay up to date on it the only way to do it is to pay for these sort of specialized um sub subscriptions that that focus specifically on that and i'm sure i could sure it's well worth it so yeah. it always pays well, it, you have to i mean if you're going we're one of at least what we found a couple dozen cpas who specialize in the space there's just not that many of us so mm -hmm. you can't rely on your your colleagues to, you know, there's, there's not another C CPA in, in town that you can call and ring up and, and ask for advice. There's just not many people around. So if you're going to claim to be an expert and really be in the space, you can't be two months behind on the, the legislative um, la landscape. You, you've got to, you've got to be very, very attuned to it. So at this point, that's really the only option to stay truly up to date. Have you heard of a uh, government blockchain association? I haven't. Is that one of these like state sponsored ones or? No, it's actually this organization up in Washington, D.C. And they, they do talk a lot about money, governance and law. And they actually oh, do cool. have an event coming up in May 23rd through the 25th. I, I don't I'm not sure you don't quote me on it, but the yeah. the link to it is gba.org and i hey man i'm gonna be there and i hope to see you there if you decide to um go out and give a presentation about your company and i'm sure they'll love to have you so that we you could connect yeah, with more awesome. like-minded people 
that are in the space and are, that have the same concerns and are starting the business and it's a good way to collaborate and bounce ideas off each other. Yeah. So, hey, man, is there anything you want to go over you feel like we didn't cover that you want to touch base on before we sign off? I mean, it really depends on what the you know, the listeners are doing because any bucket of crypto, we if you can dive about as deep as you want to, and we could have multiple discussion discussions on one little little subset of, of crypto. So, so not specifically the the biggest thing that we'll tell people to do that I do think is it's pretty obvious advice, but it's also one that we found very very few crypto investors are doing is making sure that as you have realized income be that staking income received node income you're making trades on your crypto anything that's generating a taxable event and taxable income making sure you're cashing out and setting enough aside just to cover the tax bill because we've seen some horror stories of people who weren't doing that and especially during the bull run nobody wants to you know no one wants to lose out to the market exposure. So no one wants to cash out because it's just going to go up and up and up. And that's fine if you're hodling. If you're just sitting there and you're not generating a tax bill, fine. Do whatever you want. Crypto investors are very aren't aren't particularly risk averse. They've got a great risk tolerance. So they, they don't mind losing their money. That's fine so long as you don't have a six-figure tax bill that then you're having to pay mm-hmm. and then and the project you're investing in crashes. Or even if you're in Bitcoin or Ether or something, and it goes down 50% in one year. So as you're as you're generating tax, at least cash out enough to to cover that and make sure you're setting that money aside in an actual US dollars and an FDIC insured bank account, not in stable coins, because that's the other thing a lot of people were doing where they're they're cashing everything out for a stable coin but they were putting it in UST so they could earn 20% interest a year or or even mm-hmm. if they were keeping it in a legit stable coin like USDC, but they were holding it on Celsius or Voyager or BlockFi or something. So mm-hmm. given all of the insolvency we're seeing and all these exchange failures and some token failures, just make sure that you're setting enough aside to cover your tax bill. Otherwise, what, you end up ha- what ends up happening is you might just not have enough money to pay your tax bill regardless, but it could be that you have to liquidate a huge portion of your portfolio to pay the tax bill, depending on how, how much the market goes down and um, exactly what your holdings were. So we've seen people to where they they earned a million dollars, but they end up having to liquidate pretty much all of it just to cover the taxes. So it's one of the one of the very basic things you can do where it's sort of an, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure type thing. All right, my dude. It's very exciting stuff. And you answered a lot of questions. I'm sure people would be asking you if they were if um, they were your clients. And I wish you the best with your endeavors. And thanks again for taking the time. I know you're a busy guy and it's tax season right now. I'm pretty sure you're pulling out your hair. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> already gone. <laughs> for those who are listening. And um, yeah, dude, take it easy, man. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks, bud. Have, have a good one. Did you know that podcasts are a great way to grow your personal and business brand voice? Here's a secret. 
We all want to feel connected to brands we buy from. What a better way to humanize a brand than through sharing your story on a podcast. Kidcaster is a podcast booking agency that specializes in developing real human connection through podcast appearances. If you are an expert in your field, have a unique story to share, or an interesting point of view, it's time to explore the world of podcasting with Kitcaster. You can expect a completely customized service from our staff of ex communication experts. Kitcaster is your secret weapon in podcasting for business. Your audience is waiting to hear from you. Go to kitcaster.com slash crypto kid to apply your special offer for friends of this podcast. The link will also be in the description down below. And happy podcasting.